Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast, powered by Kasun Carr. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm thrilled to be joined by Eloise Skidder, a 2PQE corporate tax lawyer based in London, working for the leading global US law firm, Cleary Gottlieb. Eloise doesn't stop there. She's authored and published the Junior Lawyer's Handbook, was nominated at the recent Law Society Excellent Awards, does lots of public speaking, teaches yoga, features on various podcasts, and as I say, manages to hold down a top lawyer day job in the city. So I'm delighted to give Eloise a warm welcome for her first appearance on the Legally Speaking podcast today. So welcome, Eloise. Thank you, Rob. Thanks Uh, for having me. That's quite a mouthful. (laughs) The long list. So I think you're aware, um, and we're speaking off air, but our customary initial question is very much um, on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real as you are in the corporate legal space. Um, How real do you rate the TV series Suits? I feel like I always disappoint people when I answer (laughs) this question. Um, I have never watched it and I would like to watch it. So it is on my list of things to do. I feel like it is a responsibility to the profession to have an idea of what Suits is. I've heard it's not very realistic. So maybe give it like a, maybe I could be a five. Yeah, I think it's definitely hovering around five because some people are giving it a zero. Some people are giving it a 10. So I think a five is kind of fair. Yeah, let's go five. Um, So as I said at the top of the podcast, you've been involved in so many things and very active. But before we sort of go into all of that, tell us a bit more about you and your your background. Yeah, so I um, I actually grew up not far from here. So we're in the city of London. Um, and I grew up just in the east end of London. So near like Woolgate East kind of area. Um, and my parents are musicians. So I grew up in a very artistic, creative household, um, but not one where I'd ever been exposed to the corporate side of like the professions. Um, so I never really had any sense of wanting to be a lawyer. I actually wanted to go to music school for a long time. Okay. Um, and then I sort of like started studying um, at for my uh, GCSEs and then A-levels. And I actually ended up going to um, sixth form in Cambridge. And that was when I was kind of exposed to like the sort of academic institutions there. And yeah, really just threw myself into that kind of environment, decided I wanted to study law and um, yeah, just pursued it from there. And it's always been a really good fit for me, law, because I have the kind of mind that really likes to go into the details. I like analyzing stuff and I really like sort of playing around with language and speech and stuff like that. So law has always been quite a natural fit. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, I think that's very interesting. What do you most enjoy then? You talked about aspects of that, but within the job, coming into the city, as you rightly say, we're in clearly Gottlieb's offices today, beautiful offices, by the way. Um, but you know, what, what particularly, if we're looking at people who are maybe looking to jump into your area of law, what do you most enjoy in particular? Yeah, I think so. There's a mix of things. I think with a like a sort of big corporate firm, you get um, a very fast pace of work. I think people who thrive on the idea of um, sort of that, yeah, really fast nature of work, things coming at you like challenges all the time, and sort of always being a little bit um, having to like be on your toes a bit. Um, I think it's quite a good environment for people like that. Um, but you also get a real um, depth of sort of intellectual study, even at a corporate law firm, um, as, and especially working in an area like tax. You're really like in depth with the legislation and working with guidance and stuff like that. So I think you get both sides of it. You get the real legal side of the job, and you also get the transactional nature of the job, which is like, you know, all the like fast paced stuff. So you like doing deals? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like both. I think the mix is. You've the definitely got to watch good. suits then, you know. Yes. <laughs> I know. Oh my god 
Okay. And, you know, you, you feature this, I think, on your, your website, which we'll talk about in a minute, but we're talking about lawyer, author, teacher today. Um, but it'd be good to sort of just paint a typical day, describe a day's in Eloise Skinner's shoes. So <laughs> full-time city lawyer and yoga teacher, what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it's a lot more um, boring than people imagine. <laughs> like, I so, doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I so I teach yoga on the weekends so I keep them both quite separate and I have quite I've always had like quite clear boundaries and I think maybe that's the only way I could probably be able to do both so my kind of yoga life or like the teaching part of my life is very much like not in the working week um but yeah during the week I mean every day is a little bit different um so there'll be things like meetings or conference calls are you an early riser let's get into the I'm actually not and I cannot stand them like I'm not a morning person at all but what is not early morning mean to you (laughs) (laughs) well I try and be like as kind of reasonable with my mornings as possible so I'm not someone who gets up and like does yoga at 6am I'm definitely more of like a like sleep as much as possible and then come into the office and yeah so lots of like document heavy work obviously like as with any legal job and then yeah I try and like incorporate my yoga practice into like my personal yoga practice into the week it's been something that I've done like ever since I was a trainee and actually before that as well so it's something that I've always managed to kind of integrate into the working week whether it's like practicing at home like on my yoga mat in the evenings or you know whenever I get an opportunity or if there's time to take a class during the day just making sure I fit that in and I think again like having a really strong sense of like this is something I need to do for my own like personal like mental health and like well-being um and I've always like had that quite clear so like that is something I will make a priority. And then at the weekends, um, I teach a couple of classes in central London, um, yoga classes. Are these ones you're threatening to get me involved in? <laughs> yes, yes. Challenging. Yes. Your year's resolution can yeah. get you on the mat. Which form of yoga do you specialize in? So I teach just a kind of general vinyasa class. Okay. They're quite fast paced, very like flowing movement. And I come from a dance background as well. So I do like I sort of try and bring a little bit of that dance element into it. Um, and it's just really about working with the breath and working with the body and it's like a really beautiful practice actually okay and dance we were you ballet we to hap we modern contemporary yeah. <laughs> i know i know i know them all uh i was saying yeah, the other week on, actually yes yeah, so you know how it is um i was saying we had sam lewis on the other week who's the well-being lawyer at pinson masons and i was saying i can do a very good arabesque oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i want to see it yeah it's never gonna get seen <laughs> <laughs> that's to be the cover art for this yeah. episode it, yeah me attempting to do no this is your moment not mine um so what do you yeah dance what did you do yeah perform? what do you most enjoy um mainly ballet okay. um so that's what i do now and like try and sort of keep that up as well um yeah and there's lots of different like there's obviously lots of different ways of movement and i think it's nice to like have your thing like to experiment yeah. with a lot of different ways of like yeah being in your body and like fitness or movement or whatever reason it is that you try like do these things there's just so much out there to discover and like finding different like disciplines and like different kind of fitness classes and stuff is really like yeah yeah i think one thing that i'm particularly fascinated about your journey and what you're doing just sticking on the sort of balance theme there is a lot of people like wow you're at a top u.s law firm you're still finding time to do this because there's always been a bit of a a stigma if you like well the hours it's not possible how is it possible what would you say to that because you're making it happen right yeah i mean I think that like people often ask me this, like that's the first question people would be like, how do you do that? Like there's no time. Um, And I think the reality of it is like, there are some personal sacrifices involved in it as well. So like, obviously there's the idea that, yeah, you can do everything and you can do a lot with your time, but you also have to be quite clear about like what the things are that you're doing. 
So like I've always sort of managed to do it by setting myself quite clear priorities. So obviously my job is like number one priority. And the other thing is like, yeah, using your personal time, like in the way that serves you the best. And I think people probably think like, but you know, there just like, isn't any time in the weekend or like, and I think obviously it's important to make time for yourself as well, just to like chill out and do nothing. Um, but really like finding those pockets of time where you could do things, if there's something you're passionate about, just like holding on to that. And sometimes yeah. it does feel like, yeah, you're fighting a little bit to like keep those passions alive because the reality is even if you're not working, you're really tired and you like maybe don't want to like do yoga or whatever it is that you're interested in. Um, but I think it's like, having a strong enough passion and keeping in touch with that passion has been, yeah, really fundamental in being able to do like the different things. So you very much by the hour, legaling by yeah. the hour and sort of prioritizing yeah. your passions by the hour, yeah, right? That's kind I of mean, what you have yeah, to do. Yeah, maybe it's quite helpful that I do yeah. have like a, a brain of a lawyer basically and like <laughs> yeah. time management is probably one of my skills, like in my skill set. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, and you do so much as, as I keep alluding to, but one of the things that you've recently done and congratulations, obviously the Junior Lawyer's Handbook, which I know has gone down fantastically well, but what sort of sparked your passion to want to do that? Yeah, that was an interesting one, actually, um, because I had always wanted to produce that like book or I didn't know it was going to be a book at first. It was just going to be like a sort of um, manual or like even a handout. Like that's how it started its life. And I think when I so when I came into law, I didn't really have any understanding of like what a lawyer did. And I felt really behind everyone else. Mm -hmm. I just like didn't have any understanding of how to behave in a professional environment. <laughs> yeah. Not that I was like, <laughs> like completely clueless, but I just didn't, I hadn't seen it modeled for me. So I wasn't really sure. Like I always thought maybe everyone knew more than I did. And so when I actually, um, like trained as a lawyer or during my training contract, I wanted to put something together for people who maybe felt like they were stepping out of their depth when they were coming into a professional environment as a lawyer. Mm. And initially it started life as an internal handbook here at Cleary. So it was, uh, it was called the first seat trainee manual. Okay. It was basically like tips and it was loads of like, um, sort of admin kind of stuff about like taxis and like ordering food and stuff. But there was also, um, a component that was like personal and professional development for junior lawyers. Um, and that part was my favorite part to write. And I really thought like, oh, this could be something that's helpful, like in places broader across the city, more than just like the Cleary um, trainee intake. Yeah. Um, so then I, um, I actually had an agent through a friend of a friend and was going to go with like a sort of commercial publisher. Um, but then spoke to the law society and they were interested in taking it, like taking it on as one of their publications. And I think it fits really well with the stuff that they do because they actually have a solicitor's handbook, which is kind of, um, like aimed at a slightly different audience, but it was nice to bring in their first like junior lawyers title. Yeah. Um, and hopefully like the idea with the, um, handbook is that it gets updated and like new additions and as things change and as the legal world changes around us, like it has to sort of evolve with the times as well. So it's not like what I really didn't want it to be was like a set of 10 rules to follow or whatever, <laughs> like how to be a good lawyer because A, like what do I know anyway? Like I'm just one person and B, like I just didn't want to give like a prescriptive set of advice. What I wanted it to be was like tools and resources that people would use and use to kind of like shape and form their own legal careers. So I wanted it to be something that would be like passed around through trainees to trainee to like, and like make notes in and sort of think like which bits of this are relevant to me and just like offer a load of stuff that I'd learned for other people's benefit. So that's yeah. what it was. Well, that's, that's really nice. How long did it take you to, to complete? 
well, a couple of like ways of looking at it because I've been working on the idea for so long, like maybe if you look at it that way, like three or four years. Wow. But like to actually write the thing, because like by the time I came to writing the actual book, I'd been working on the concept for so long that it took maybe like, yeah, maybe it took a year to like properly write. Yeah. Um, and like bearing in mind that I was doing it like all of my weekends slash vacation. <laughs> so like it was, it wasn't like I was writing every single day, but yeah, it, it did take a while. Um, so yeah, that's a book for you. Yeah. It's a long project. <laughs> and it's obviously called Junior Lawyer's Handbook, but how applicable is it to sort of, you know, what what levels would you describe it to? Obviously you mentioned for a trainee journey, but is it suitable for people sort of, you know, post-qualification who are maybe sort of, at, you know, one, two, three, four PQE? Is it worth those guys sort of picking it up and having a read as well? Yeah, I think so. A lot of it is very um, like broad sort of personal and professional development advice, things like networking, mentoring, and, you know, how to craft your correspondence and how to present yourself. So I think it has quite a wide like audience base. Um, perhaps those people who are experiencing like a real transitional stage, like the people who are coming into their first couple of years of their training contract or NQs and like one or two year PQE. Um, I'm sort of writing for like the experience that I've had or the, the experience that my peer group has had. So I guess like anywhere around those kind of years. Yeah. And you mentioned networking. That's been a theme right the way across the first season on the Legally Speaking podcast. And it's it's worth pointing out, we were very kindly connected through the London Young Lawyers Group. Yeah. And uh, yeah, shout out to Nicola and Ollie. They do great yeah. work there and the rest of the committee. Um, but how much networking do you think you need to do as a sort of, you know, corporate lawyer in, in, in London? And how do you go about your networking? Yeah. No one wants to do it when it feels like contrived. Like yeah. everyone wants to feel kind of natural and any networking event that is too staged and too kind of like has an agenda to it just feels horrible and is also just really awkward. So I've never been someone who's like, I'll go to a networking event or like, and sort of ha like go up to people and be like, hi, what can I get from you? Um, and like the way we write about it in the book um, is kind of to present it more as like an opportunity to build like a relationship between um, like two people who are sort of working in the same industry or like working in similar industries who can help each other in some way or just form a connection that might, you know, be of value to yeah. either of them or both of them. And I think networking works best when you just think of it as an opportunity of like meeting another person and seeing if you can like offer any kind of anything to them yeah. which is like how you know most people approach their like actual relationships you know like just wanting to connect with people and then seeing how you can be helpful so I think that's a good way of thinking about networking yeah and you mentioned helpful that's something that's been right the way through your career and what you've done because I was going to ask also how did you become a frequent contributor I think to the careers related topics for the lawyer Lex 100 etc yeah. etc yeah talk us about that yeah, so I actually started writing for the lawyer when I was like at law school. So even like maybe seven, six, seven years ago, like a long, long time. Yeah. I don't even remember how I got the first, like how I wrote my first article for them. But yeah, I've always been interested in like writing stuff and um, sort of like wanting to put it out there a bit and like offer something back to other people that I thought might be helpful. And so, yeah, that's been a really, really long standing uh, like working relationship with them but I guess my content for them has kind of evolved over the years so I remember my first article was like should we have cameras in court and then it was like <laughs> yes versus no I don't even know where that like debate has ended up I should yeah. probably research that to see like what well, you could do a refresher yeah, article right I should, yeah you like, could be like six seven later, years on yeah, yeah. 
I should actually do that. Um, I wonder if it's still there, but now my content for them is more like mental health focused. Yeah. And I like work with them on the wellbeing side quite a lot um, because... So on that, you, why are you so passionate from your side on, on wellbeing? Because that was something I was going to get onto. So t- tell us a bit more about where you derive your passion from that and what, what sort of, yeah, tell us about your wellbeing sort of connection. Yeah. So I think having sort of having a foot in the well-being world through like my work as a like fitness instructor and yoga teacher um has given me like more of an insight into the importance of that kind of stuff because I think it's easy it becomes easy to take it for granted if you have like a regular yoga or meditation practice like you sort of begin it just becomes a part of your life and then you can't really imagine what it's like what the alternative would be um but as a yoga teacher I see a lot a lot of people from the city like come into yoga who are just like wanting advice on like how they can feel more relaxed or like for things like anxiety or stress or overwork or burnout or then you know they can't sleep and stuff like that and it manifests in a very physical way in the body as well um and so I've always like seen it from that kind of side and obviously like experienced it from this side as well so I've kind of got like two perspectives on it which I think like makes it a valuable contribution to the kind of well-being yeah. uh, like discussion with regards to sleep do you believe in the policy of the full eight hours yes absolutely and I think well I think everyone should get the right amount of sleep that they need to function properly and I think one thing in the city actually that's like there's more of a growing appreciation of the need for people to be like well slept because <laughs> actually you just function better as a human being if you have enough sleep and like it's a kind of fundamental element of like well-being as well um especially if you're like chronically not sleeping and things like that so i think like sleep trackers can be really helpful and i personally use an, like an app to track my sleep as well obviously as a like lawyer in the city there are periods where you're not getting like the sleep you would desire and it's very up and down as the nature of like any transactional uh job is like sometimes there are periods where you feel like yeah you're just working hours all hours yeah. <laughs> all of the hours but again I think just being in touch with like what's going on and tracking it in some way or just like checking in with yourself regularly is probably the key there and communication with people as well like if you feel like you haven't had enough sleep like making sure that other people in your team are like aware of the fact that you know or whatever's going on that you're like having an like a tough time and you know making sure that you can take time out to recover from those periods as well so I think probably communication and then just like observation of what's going on in your own life, really helpful. Okay, great. So one thing in the legal profession, a lot of lawyers want to know is around mental health. What, what tips would you give to people in terms of looking to improve their mental health? Yeah, I think it's an incredibly important topic. Um, and obviously one that like I've been quite close to both as like working as a yoga and meditation teacher, but also like as someone in the city who's like in the midst of it all and also like, you know, has had periods of like stress or anxiety and that kind of thing. So um, I think like first and foremost, like if you need like actual medical like intervention then seeing a therapist or like getting a referral from your doctor can be really really helpful and I think in terms of like looking after your own mental health no step is kind of too small or like insignificant to kind of think maybe this is something I should just talk to my GP about um and then in terms of like just general kind of well-being and stuff that you can sort of work into your busy day-to-day life I think practices like mindfulness or like short meditation practices can be really helpful and it's something you can kind of take on the go with you so you know at work you have a moment of like mindful like breathing or whatever it is like a breathing exercise or even just like a mindful activity so sometimes in mindfulness they work with this idea of making a cup of tea with like mindful quality of attention and it can be incredibly like calming and restorative for the nervous system like it sounds okay. kind of weird and like no, why would you do that good. it can be a really really beneficial practice so 
there are groups in London that do kind of mindfulness in the city. Um, and there's a group called Mindfulness in Law group. Um, and they have monthly meetings at the Law Society. And a lot of their stuff is it's obviously tailored for lawyers. So it's really perfect if you're like already in a legal fast paced career and you're thinking like, how can I sort of sustain this? And it's also an opportunity to meet up with other people who are doing similar kind of things and sort of taking care of their own well-being in that in that way. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. And there's also a lot of like resources out there if you sort of Google around and have a look for mindfulness or just even well-being in the law, things like that. But there's a lot of pieces out there. So well, I only know one guy who trained as a monk for a year, and that was Jay Shetty. He's yet to go oh, on the podcast. Yeah. Oh so God, you're the first on. female that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. So that's a fascinating story. Why did you want to do that? And how did you find it? So I, that was kind of a weird, <laughs> that was a weird year. It was an incredible experience. And I don't really remember what it was my thought process going into it it seems like a bit of a blur now but um so I'd obviously been involved in the kind of spiritual yeah um I was gonna say realm the spiritual world <laughs> Very, like, mystical, the spiritual realm um yeah I'd been involved in that kind of space for quite a while since university really and I uh, was at at a church in South London uh where the like leader there recommended this program and what it was was a year a year of monastic living um but you would also just be in your professional life working full time like it wasn't uh there was a residential component for some people but there was also an option just to do it kind of interweave it into your professional life and so in terms of time commitment it wasn't actually that big a commitment um it was more just like you sort of what do you actually do yeah Yeah. what do you do i'm really intrigued so um so there would be there were retreats so i used like my annual leave to go on like a couple of silent retreats and stuff which is always like a very strange experience um and trying to like do emails on the floor of like a monastery was definitely (laughs) like an enduring memory from those times um but yeah so that was like the main component and then there was obviously a community of people that you were part of you were part of an intake for a year so you would like be with those people and maybe like once a month there would be a day that you spent and this was at Lambeth Palace Mm -hmm. um so it was actually a program run by the Archbishop of Canterbury Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like from, yeah, from that side of, but it was all, you know, it's very diverse kind of program. And, and then you, and then you would um, take a sort of rule of life for yourself. So you would live by a certain set of principles, which were very countercultural and like super interesting to form your life around. So it would be things like um, incorporating more silence into your life, like doing a lot of charity work or like um, living within your means. So like not buying stuff that you don't <laughs> yeah. need basically, but it sort of just meant like rethinking the way that you naturally program your life and seeing if you could align it more with like the stuff that you say that you believe. Like a lot of people say that they believe that they want to live in a more like simple or honest or, you know, like that kind of way. And this was an opportunity to like actually think like how do those things play out in practice? Yeah. So it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. And one thing you're quoted on your very impressive website, by the way, which people should definitely check it out. How, if they want to check it out, how do they check it out? Um, literally just type my name into Google or like EloiseSkinner.com. Yeah, and it'll come <laughs> yeah. up. And one of the things that I was really interested about where it says you're, again, one of your passions is you're very driven by the idea of integration yeah. and sort of, you know, sharing those values. So what would you say to inspire others and to get people on that sort of similar trail of thought? Because I think that's very, very important, particularly in a sort of cosmopolitan city like London and and everything else that's involved but yeah give us some tips and sort of ideas around that yeah so that was um it was kind of an interesting word to use because what I was trying to do was figure out like 
I think in the past I felt a bit like fragmented as in like, oh, I just feel like I've got loads of random interests and then I've got this, like my job and I love doing that, but also like loads of other stuff in my life. And like, how do I pull these things together in a way that like makes sense to me? And I sort of came across this idea of an integrated life where like all the pieces of your life are feeding into like, the fullness of who you are. Yeah. And I think working environments are now making more space for people to bring themselves as like a whole person into like the professional world. And that's something I really want to be interested in that movement towards people actually having full lives and also you know being passionate about doing you know the work that we do as lawyers which I think is also really important so yeah I don't know about tips and advice for that kind of thing really I think just understanding yourself and understanding your passions and sort of keeping a hold of them or keeping tapped into them so making sure if your passion is sport what are you actually doing practically to make sure that that remains a part of your life and just like yeah staying in touch with it I think yeah I think what I'm gleaming from that as well is you've got to find a passion because ultimately it's on you to make it happen. Yeah. So like you say, if someone's really into sport, then you've got to find a way that you're so passionate about that you're going to incorporate it into your week and you're going to share that mantra with people, right? I think that's yeah, your yeah, kind of yeah. expression on that. Absolutely. Also seeing what it is that you can take from those like other things that might form around your working life and like how can you bring them into, so like what is it teaching you in a way? So for example, if you're doing sports, what kind of leadership or like team teamwork are you developing there that you can bring into like like your working life and your professional persona. Um, yeah, like, so as an example, like as a yoga teacher, when you're presenting to a room or there's this concept of like holding space for people. So you're sort of working with the people in the room and then you're being able to present to them and you're being able to like work with the breath and stuff in a certain way. And like, you know, when you're giving a presentation to like 50 of your colleagues, like there's a similar kind of thing that's happening where you're trying to hold the environment together so you can give a really effective presentation. So I think like with anything, there are crossovers and seeing like the integration between all of the different parts of your life can be a really valuable and like make you more successful or whatever you want to get to in your in your professional life but also make you feel more fulfilled like in your personal life okay now we're in 2020 um you know you, you had a fabulous 2019 it's going to take something to sort of trump it but i'm sure there's lots up your sleeve what have you got planned what are sort of some of the main goals you've set yourself for this year yeah, um, I would love to continue writing. I think writing is my favorite way of expressing ideas and stuff. And I love just creating, like putting stuff out into the world and getting people's feedback um, from it. Um, so I think more things like that for junior lawyers, but also moving a little bit higher up as I become more senior myself, like working with sort of um, professional development and that kind of thing for uh, lawyers who are a little bit more senior, like my kind of level. Um, so the other thing is doing more projects that are focused on this idea of like purpose and sort of passion within a legal career. So um, or within like a city career in general. Um, and towards the last couple of months of 2019, I've been writing some more stuff about purpose and like sort of finding your passion within the law and like really shaping and forming your career and forming it around this idea of what your personal mission is. So like yeah. some more work on that, I think that is one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I've had from junior lawyers that I've worked with or like in talks and workshops or whatever is people really do want this sense of like a passion driven career yeah. and sort of finding those elements of passion within a career that isn't necessarily like giving them to you on a plate. You sort of have to figure out like what it is that's actually keeping you here and like what it is that's going to make a sustainable and like purpose-driven career for you. I think it's a really exciting question. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, well, I'm excited for you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, and then if you could win any accolade this year or is there anything you're sort of 
interested in or do you know what that'll be another nice notch to have from your side yeah yeah I mean I didn't really even think about like awards and stuff like it's a kind of weird like it's it's a weird thing because like when I like the stuff I'm making I sort of want other people to take ownership of it like almost when I wrote the book I was like I want to put this out there and then I want people to like run with it and add like actually what I wanted and this didn't happen in the end for publishing reasons but like (laughs) what I wanted in the book was like a lot of blank space so that people could write their own notes they don't publish books with blank space I didn't know this beforehand because obviously like (laughs) it doesn't really work from a commercial perspective but like I thought that'd be so cool if you could just have this book and like it's half advice, but it's also your book and like you get to choose what, like how to kind of take control here. And is there anything you, common questions, you've kind of touched on it throughout the podcast. Well, obviously you get lots of people inquiring, following up with you, speaking to you. Is there any common questions you get asked from people that you may like to just sort of respond to to any listeners that might be quite helpful as a recurring question that people ask you? Yeah. What do I get? I I get a lot of law students who really want to... Well, A, get a job. <laughs> I get a lot of people being like, how do I apply for like a vacation scheme? Or like, because I've written on that kind of topic quite yeah. a lot in the past, which if that is you and if you are thinking like, oh, how do I like get a training contract or how do I get a vacation scheme? I have written quite a lot for the lawyer um, on that. And most of that stuff is just accessible on the internet. So just have a Google. Hopefully some of that stuff will be helpful. And then for people wanting to, people who are already in their first kind of jobs wanting to take control or take ownership a little bit of where their career is going so this idea of almost like strategic planning but not so kind of serious as yeah, like strategic yeah. planning so just like this idea of like weaving your career and your life together which again is like the things that I'm kind of interested in and again like that's a massive task and it's one that will like carry on for your whole career I think this idea of figuring out what your priorities are and what your passions are and how those two things fit together and like you know where you're going to spend your time and how you're going to structure your life so I think there are a few things that I've written on that as well. Like one thing that uh, people seem to have found quite helpful is this um, checklist that I wrote for the Lawyer magazine. It, the idea is that you use it weekly. So it's like a weekly kind of check-in with yourself. Um, and it's all, almost a personal and professional development checklist. So the idea is that it's got a couple of questions on like how you think your week went or whether there was any like careers kind of wisdom that you picked up along the way that you want to like keep for yourself and reflect on. Um, and like goals and stuff that you want to set for yourself and it's also just a check-in on like your mental and physical health like how are you feeling like what's been going on for you this week like and just sort of keeping a track of it and I think this is something that I've done myself like for a number of years just like in a very informal way just sort of like journaling or like checklists or whatever whatever works whatever method works for you Um, but I think the idea of like having something that you complete weekly like this kind of check-in and like continuing to refer back to it like every week you look back at the last couple of weeks and in that way you can sort of see what kind of shape and form your career and your life is taking so you're always kind of staying a little bit observant if that's yeah and I think it goes back to a theme again that's coming through on this chat is it's about also accountability yeah I think you can be accountable to yourself and you yeah, kind of, yeah. there's a barometer of how you're doing if you kind of refer back to that and it comes back to the passion point as well you've got to find something and it's kind of a having some sort of accountability is more like if you maintain your lifestyle right yeah that's the whole point of lifestyle choices yeah 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 okay great well from my side it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Elise I think a lot in terms of everything you've discussed there from lawyer author, teacher, and more. I think we should probably title this. Uh, et cetera. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, we should definitely uh, definitely sort of be thankful for that. But the last question I was going to ask, outside of all of that, what do you do for downtime? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I should watch Suits, really. Yeah, like, that should, should be what I do. You could be the new character in Suits. You never know. You could kind of partition and get yourself in there. Or we could do a UK Suits. Yes, let's begin it. It's me and you to start with, but we'll recruit more people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, You're inferring that I could be the Lewis Lit here. <laughs> I don't know what that means. No. I don't know what it means. I can't confirm or deny. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest, just like really boring stuff. Seeing friends or like seeing families, like, like family. And obviously I do like a lot of like yoga is my big thing for myself. So just like doing that and making sure that I do that all the time. And then, yeah, just like the general stuff that everyone else says. Yeah, the life admin. <laughs> God, life admin. Yeah, you got to schedule that in as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks ever so much for, for hopping on today. And uh, we'll hopefully see you at some point uh, in the future as well. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. Cheers.